Welcome to the Two Grumpy Bastards Podcast, where feelings aren't felt and snowflakes melt. Buckle up, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. These confines with a monarch's voice cry havoc! city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta! They painted over ants. Welcome back. It's been about a week. What's going on, my brother? I've been living on a prayer. Have you been living on a prayer? Kind of like Bon Jovi was there? Bon Jovi was the band of the 80s. That was awesome. Just uh, now. That was was recommended recommended by Jen Penland, one one of our our longtime listeners um, and frequent uh, critiquer and complainers. Um, Yeah. kind of what she does she just tells us she tells us how much better we could be and how i snap my pen and how i never pimp our products online it's like la 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 asshole you really are yeah that was that was in the background yeah not bon jovi now the only one that was better than living on a prayer was uh you give love a bad name yes um but yes. love love the guitar love the the uh Guitar riffs in, in that one. It, it took me back to this is going to sound really weird. It's going to show you how much of a complete dork I am. What that song takes me back to was uh, it was the holidays at my grandmother's, and I was I had not seen the uh, the video for Walk Like an Egyptian, which everyone had told me was so cool. So I turned it on MTV, and they were doing a countdown. And I was sure that was going to be in the top ten countdown. Watched the whole thing, and Bon Jovi living on a prayer. Uh, was number one, and I was so pissed because I didn't get to see the uh, walking like an Egyptian, walk like an Egyptian video. <laughs> oh, because Susanna Hoff was so goddamn hot. <laughs> I just wanted to see him walk around with the the arms cocked out. No, I, I wanted. She was one of those women. I wish I'd have gotten pregnant back in the day. Goddamn, she was hot, Susanna Hoff. Sure, she was still- hot. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, she, and her hair was better than Bon Jovi's. Oh yeah, and 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 uh, unfortunately, the person that recommended this is right down the hall here. But I can tell you this, Bon Jovi, all-time biggest pussy on planet Earth. Oh, my God. Oh, what? For what? I guess I'm not tracking on. Yeah, he's like five foot four and wears those, like, zip-up boots and has the frizzy hair. And it's like, 
I want to talk like I'm bad. But it's, yeah, no, he's, he couldn't have survived like two seconds walking in a real man's shoes in his whole life. So uh, probably not. And I'm not sure how much he actually lived through that kind of song. I mean, the song uh, Living on a Prayer basically is about a broke couple that's living, you know, moment to moment because they got no choice because they don't have a lot of money. I'm not really right. sure how much Bon Jovi can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. <laughs> We're making some good points over here on the podcast. On the two grumpy best podcast, make some points. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you, Jen, for the contribution and uh, brings up a lot of great memories. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Border Patrol, Russ. Let's talk about these cowboys who can no longer whip immigrants because that's what you're doing. You're taking whips to immigrants. Jesus fucking Christ. Watching, watching the Pataki and, and, the, and the left, it's like, watching a, it's like watching Nancy Grace to me. Yeah. It is literally like watching Nancy Grace. Conflated bullshit taken to the nth extreme. And then, oh, okay, you can't ride horses now on Border Patrol because they are perfect all-terrain vehicles for that terrain to keep illegal motherfuckers out of the country. But, oh, we conflated. We, we made up a story that you were whipping them because, uh, Russ, I've been on horseback a lot. I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have. No, I, I don't. I'm sure I don't strike you as a horseback guy. I've seen them. I know how they work, but no, right. I'm not a horseback guy. Right. right. I, 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 could, I could get on a quarter horse right now and rip some cattle off. I could do it right now because once you get in that, you never forget it. Those reins are what you tell. It's how you tell the horse what to do. That's your clutch. That's your brake. That's your gas pedal. It's everything. And your body, too, and how you move and all that kind of thing. Clearly, nobody was nobody was whipping uh, illegal immigrants at the border. Although, if they had, I probably wouldn't be really as pissed off as the country is right now. But I'm not saying you should do that. What I'm saying is cowboys are going to cowboy. That's all that happened. But now the federal government says, oh, Border Patrol, you can't use horses because we were wrong about what happened at the border. Jesus, Russ, please go. First of all, the photographer took the picture. Even he came out and said, hey, look, they weren't whipping anybody. Reminds me of the uh, photographer in Vietnam that took the famous picture of the police chief executing the Viet Cong soldier. Right. Um, and the guy that right. said he never would have released the picture if he had known the consequences because the, the guy that the uh, South Vietnamese uh, police chief executed was a VC terrorist who had just killed a couple of his friends. Um, this particular photograph shouldn't it, it completely sounds completely sounds context. Yeah, it might look bad in a snapshot of a moment um, if you don't know what's going on, if you if you have no context, but you need to understand context. They're not whipping anybody. Um, somebody tried to send me, well, there's video out there. I'm like, I've seen some of this stuff. Can you please post a link to the video you're talking about where they're whipping people? And this dumbass came back with, well, I'm not going to do your research for you. I'm like, you're, made, you're the one that made the assertion they were whipping people, you stupid motherfucker. You need to come back and actually show me where, where they're whipping people because they're not. They are controlling their horses. They are trying to herd uh, some of the illegal immigrants back who are trying to run away from the border patrol and get into the interior of the country and break into our country illegally. Uh, there also seems to be, look, first of all, let's be straight. Democrats and Joe Biden are trying to create uh, a shift in this country to keep themselves in power forever because if they, they figure if they can bring in enough new citizens and give them all these goodies, then they can stay in power forever because the folks who get goodies will vote for them. 
Yeah, of course. That's, that's of what course. a big part of this is. Um, of course. Taking away the horses was stupid. Horses can go places that, you know, other things can't. I mean, what are they supposed to use now? Segways? You know, see the, the Border Patrol cowboys and little motor scooters out there? That's not going to work. All right, they've been using horses at the border for, what, a century? Because they can go anywhere. They, well, almost anywhere. They can go anywhere a person can go, and that's how you find where these people are coming through. It's, it's now this country then, was settled, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. It was settled on a horseback. And then for Joe Biden to say, those pictures are awful and people are going to pay. If I'm a person down at the border, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you? Why are you coming after me without any investigation? I'm your arm of the executive branch trying to enforce the law. And now you're coming after me because some some woke jackasses on Twitter and in the news media who have no context are going to say something. No, if you know, if I'm the Border Patrol, I probably walk off the job right now. Uh, I mean, you know, you're not going to get any support. It reminds me of all these, you know, cops that get no support from the politicians when things get bad because the politicians don't like people yelling at them. And that's really all it boils down to is people are afraid of getting yelled at because some stuff is dirty, even though the Border Patrol, no, was not whipping anybody. You put it right. You know, they used the reins to control the horses. They weren't whipping anybody. Um, I mean, next you're going to tell me that, you know, if they shit in the general direction of those that are trying to cross them, then they're creating obstacles. I mean, it's it's complete nonsense. And, and if you notice, Joe Biden when and uh, Secretary Mayorkas, when they're shipping these folks into the interior, and that's what they're doing. They're letting them go, giving them a, you know, hey, please report to court on this date kind of, kind of note, which we all know everyone's going to blow that off. Um, they're shipping them to red states. You know, they're shipping them here to Tennessee. They're shipping them to Florida. They're not mm-hmm. shipping them to Massachusetts, sure. California, sure. or New York. Um, if, if you like all these people coming in, again, against the law, like, you know, like Trump said, you know, we, we need a wall with a big, beautiful door, right? Send people, yeah, send people to the, if you want asylum, you're supposed to go to a proper entry point and request asylum. First of all, most of these people are not fleeing political persecution. They're not fleeing asylum from oppression. They're fleeing economic hardship, economic poverty. And God bless them. I understand that. You know, I'd probably want to get somewhere that, you know, I wasn't building stuff out of, you know, sheet metal for, for my house and living in, in garbage also. But that's not a valid reason to just let people pour into the country. And for everyone who's saying, you know, let, let everybody in unrestricted. You know what? Put them up at your house. Let's, let's settle, you know, all the illegal immigrants in your neighborhood. And then let's see just how much uh, you feel about that on a, by the way, on a uh, related note, somewhat related. Um, one of the biggest gripes in Afghanistan was, you know, how some of the uh, Afghan young men treated some of the uh, children in Afghanistan and we couldn't do much of anything about it. But you notice now some of those that we gave refuge in this country to have tried that shit in federal facilities and now they're on our soil and we're like, Hey, no motherfucker, that shit don't fly over here. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there because I'm going to stop you right there. Cause that's one of the topics. Okay. We will, we will stop right there. But anyway, going back to the illegal immigration thing, um, everyone seems to forget when we talk about this, they forget that word illegal. You know, it's not about being anti-immigration. It's about being anti-illegal immigration. You have to follow the rules to come into the country. If you won't follow the rules to come into the country, why should I trust you're going to follow them once you're here? Besides which, as a sovereign nation, 
we have every right to decide who comes into our country. Just as if you're a homeowner, you have every right to decide who comes into your house. Um, the Border Patrol has been, is being thrown under the bus because Biden can't get control of the border. I thought Kamala Harris was supposed to get that thing under control. I thought that was her, her big deal going down there. Notice how you haven't heard hardly anything from Kamala Harris you know, over the last couple of months because I think they figured out that if you put her on TV, she turns people off. But she hasn't gotten shit under control. Uh, the Border Patrol is being thrown under the bus because Biden has a laughable policy. Um, and even, even Chris Wallace on Fox News, no conservative by any means, basically told uh, Mayorkas, hey, it's time to build a wall. Right. Yeah, Chris Wallace, I, I actually, uh, a lot of people like him and think he's, think, I personally can't stand his delivery and his nasally, fuck him. I he's yeah he's a he's a lamb in sheep's clothing or, or uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Wolf in sheep's clothing, yeah. Your lamb in sheep's clothing. That'd be interesting. It's called like, an adult. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a kid. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of his. But you're right. If if even he has a problem with it, there's a problem. Yeah. Well, and if you notice. The Democrats that are in the, the border towns down there that are facing this influx, this wave of illegal immigrants that are draining their resources and committing crimes and moving through their area, even the Democrats in the area are like, hey, Joe, you know, I know you don't get a lot of, you know, boat people in Delaware, but, you know, we need some help down here. You know, get off your ass and do something. And, you know, the way that the story is being spun in a lot of media is Republicans pounce because Republicans are gleefully showing all these Democrats going against their party on this stuff. Um, I saw an interview with Tulsi Gabbard uh, the other day where she's coming out and talking about how, you know, chaotic things are down at the border. Like I don't agree with Tulsi on everything, but she has a tendency to speak her mind even when it goes against her party. And, you know, Democrats for years loved when John McCain or Mitt Romney did this shit to Republicans. Well, turnabout's fair, fair play. So it's nice to see Tulsi Gabbard and then there are a couple other Democrats, Joe, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, that routinely flout their independence on this kind of stuff. There's no way that any conscionable American can be okay with what's going on at the border. There's, there's no way you can be. There's no way to explain it. There's no way to spin it. There's no way to say, no, I support the policy that's going on down there. You can't do it. You can't do it. I, I, I mean, you might as well I, think about all the people that want to hurt us that can run through there right now. You know, it's 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 insane. Let's uh, let's go from border patrol mania to the uh, the strike against uh, seven members of an Afghan family with drones, which was such a ballsy move by the Biden administration. Oh, you tough guys. And look what you did. Oh, over the horizon technology. Fuck, I could go off for hours about this, bro. But let's uh, let's get into that. Go ahead. I was just about to say, you know, the over the horizon thing. Look, when there, there were two aspects to the suicide bombing that killed 13 uh, soldiers and Marines uh, down in Kabul at the Hamid Karzai International Airport. Right. Um, the first and biggest, obviously, was the tragic loss of life, the security failures that led to the deaths of 13 of our service members. Um, that was the biggest aspect. But the other aspect, the one that doesn't get talked about very much, was the embarrassment the president and certain members, certain top members of the military felt when that happened. They had assured us, 
oh, we work with the Taliban. They're different now. The Taliban, they're, they're different. We get everything under control. And then a car bomb made it through and we had the first American casualties in over 18 months. Um, so they were looking to show that they were tough guys and could do anything. And look, if they had suddenly found an Al Qaeda planner or the guy who was responsible for the attacks, hey, God bless you. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you can actually find somebody like that and take him out, you have my full support. Sure. But they were so eager to show that they were doing something that they lashed out at the first you know, scattered bit of intel they had. They did not bother to vet the intel. They didn't bother to verify it. They just simply said, hey, here's a piece of intel. We can go blow something up and show that we're tough guys and doing something. And they ended up actually hurting our cause in several ways. One, they blew up an Afghan interpreter and his family, You know, one of the guys that was working for us. Right. So I don't know what that says to anybody else who wants to work for us in the future. Hey, come work for us. Hopefully we won't blow you up. Um, and then it also gave the Taliban an enormous propaganda victory to say nothing of the loss of life of seven people. I think five of whom were children. Yes. Um, yes. And I notice, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, holding investigations on folks doing the Border Patrol because of a picture that was not even accurately put in context. But we're not talking about doing jack shit to those who killed seven innocent people in Afghanistan because you want to make a big show on the way out. And they're not going to do anything to the folks who made that call because, first of all, the president agreed with the call. If they did, they'd have to admit that their policy was a failure. So we, we droned an innocent family. This over-the-horizon capability is bullshit. It, it, it does not exist to the level of fidelity people think that it does. I mean, people have watched Blacklist and, you know, Steven Seagal movies, and they think we have all this super – cool technology that allows us to to know exactly who people are everywhere. Look, let's be fair. The CIA has a vested interest in people believing that, but it's not true. It's not even close to true. You have to have on the ground intel to verify. Now, if you can get a SIGINT, the SIGINT is signal intelligence hit like a cell phone. Great. But then you have to react very quickly. Over the horizon capability is means not in the country of Afghanistan. Okay, targets move around. They don't stay in one place. So if you you can get a SIGINT hit or an ELINT, electronic intelligence hit, and unless you have something on station ready to go at a moment's notice, the target's going to move and it's not going to be there when your drone or whatever missile you're shooting shows up. And that was one of the failures that led bin Laden to actually carry out the 9-11 attacks because all we did was launch a bunch of missiles and hit some tents in the desert. Um, because we've got some SIGINT hits, which, by the way, Al-Qaeda doesn't use cell phones anymore because we revealed that that was how we found them. Um, and, and so we, we blew up a bunch of rocks, didn't do anything, and it emboldened bin Laden uh, and his Al-Qaeda buddies to, to go out and do 9-11. And I, the, what it is is we have folks who want to show that they're big and bad and don't understand that war is messy. War's got the potential to involve casualties on your own side. You can't just do war clean and neat. You know, push a button like, like Captain Kirk in that Star Trek episode where he could push it from the mirror universe where he could push a button and all of a sudden his enemies would disappear. That ain't the way real war works. And I, it, it's frustrating that we have so many people that purport to be intelligent showing consistently that they're not because they don't understand that war is messy up close and you make mistakes. And you got to be up close if you want to limit the mistakes. Otherwise, you're going to end up blowing up innocent people. Yeah, you're yeah, great, great talk on that. A couple of things that I, a couple of things I, I, I want to 
emphasize based on what you said. Number one, collateral damage, as they call it now, and all that kind of stuff is actually extremely rare. Um, when you when you look at the 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 whole aspect of warfare and the number of bullets sent down range and rounds sent down range and the combat experience, collateral damage is actually in this day and age very 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 rare. I mean, it's a small percentage of what happens on the battlefield. And it used um, to be huge. It used to be huge, and it used to be not even who who gives a shit. I mean, World War One, World War Two. You know, uh, we're bombing World War Two. World War II, we wanted to blow up civilian targets the entire yeah, time. We, we wanted to blow up a factory, so we sent in a fleet of B-29s to blow up an entire city. Right, right, right. And so collateral damage wasn't even a, a concept or anything like that. And it's such a huge concept now that, it, as you know, it has castrated the United States military to a very large extent to being able to accomplish missions because of the rules of engagement or RE that we all are very familiar with. It means that basically this was my motherfucking kerfuffle as a commander is that that means literally that one of my people has to die before we can return fire literally. And so it's gotten, it's, it's go, it's went and you made my point for me. It's went all the way from world war one, world war two, to the point where no, an American soldier has to die before we're, we can even return fire on us. You know, Intelli- battlefield intelligence is what it is. Here's my problem with what happened with these seven people dying, Russ, is that this wasn't a thing where there was active combat. Now, there should have been. I mean, yeah. if 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 they'd been, you know, if there was a, you know, a uh, brigade combat team there fully armed and fully, fully uh uh, su- supplied and supported, it would it would have gone really badly against the Al Qaeda or or all that Taliban. But the planning time to plan this mission and do this as a response just tells you how fucking emasculated the Biden administration is. To have the planning time, this wasn't active combat. This was a retaliation mission. All that stuff to get it that badly. Nothing that badly has happened, and and you brought it up. I was going to bring it up since the Clinton administration, where they sent a few fucking missiles from a goddamn cruiser, and and have, and the the famous Republican saying they hit a couple of camels in the ass, and I and I think it's probably fairly true. The planning time around this, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable that you didn't take out a high value target, and with what's going on in the intelligence community. The White House, the upper levels of the Pentagon, boy, it is not only time to drain the swamp. It's time to just get rid of fucking everybody. I'm, I'm serious. I see no competence whatsoever on any level at all within the military or within the civilian form of government. Well, look, if I was if I was president, um, aside from having to watch my ass because I've had like 30 people tell me they would assassinate me. Um, one of the things I would do within the first month is I would probably fire every GO in the rank of three star above every four star would go. I would personally interview every three star. Um, and there would be a complete cleaning out of the military chain of command because they have proven themselves incompetent. Um, I, I, I love, you know, I was part of the military. I love, I love soldiers. I think I have some great officers. But especially up at the two, three, and four-star level, it's a very political game. Um, Millie and the others know what side their bread is buttered on. 
they're not going to go against that. Um, and just to just to show you, um, Millie, aside, let's you know, let's forget about the the supposed uh, coup insurrection bullshit. You know, Millie was so principled now, but he wouldn't say jack shit. You know, and resign under Trump if he was that if he was that upset. But now he's going to go back after the fact and talk about it. Right. Um, I, I think I think the entire chain of command up there, uh, including up to the Secretary of Defense. Uh, is completely impotent. Uh, I let me let me backtrack this to the Trump administration for a second. Like most soldiers, when James Mattis was originally selected for Secretary of Defense, I was ecstatic. I was like, "Oh, good, we got a warrior. You know, we got a killer in there, somebody who knows how the military works." Then I saw how James Mattis operated, and it's been reconfirmed with Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin was a great general. I I, I served under him. In Iraq, um, I prepared a briefing for him during the day when uh, the Iraqi elections were going on. Um, but what I have come to understand over the course of the last four or five years is that generals do not make good secretaries of defense because they don't understand defense policy. They understand, you know, how the military may work, but they don't understand how to integrate it with civilian policy and foreign policy objectives. And, and I think that I, I think. You need, and this is going to say, I don't mean it, you know, because not quite like this, but because, you know, I hate politicians, but you need politicians or someone with foreign policy experience, a policymaker who maybe has been on the Senate Armed Services Committee, um, someone who has served in the Pentagon, gone back out to the private sector, um, understands integrating with the civilian leadership and how to interact with uh, foreign militaries. But generals, should not be in position of secretary of defense any longer. It's just, it, it's, it does not suit them. The only one that even made the transition decent, uh, and it wasn't to secretary of defense was George C. Marshall making the transition to secretary of state um, after being army chief of staff. I, the entire chain of command needs to go. It won't um, e- even let's suppose that, you know, Trump does get back in there in 2024. Maybe he'd clear house, but Millie will be retired by then. So will a lot of folks. Um, and they, they, they don't want to take the hit from getting rid of all that experience. Um, right, right. I think, yeah, because that would be a major news story all over the place. Um, I, I would, like I said, every four-star should probably go. I just saw another article. I'd have to find it to get the exact, exact details to remember. But about another four-star and a four-star command with, that was being investigated for toxic leadership, but nothing's going to happen to her. She was, um, you know, it just doesn't happen at, at that, unless it's, unless it's a sexual assault thing, uh, which obviously rightly should be, they should be removed. But at that level, toxic leadership just is not, is not taken out. But I, I've seen it at so many levels. Um, they think they're gods. And if, if they were, if they, all right, America will tolerate a lot out of a winner. If they were winning wars and doing that kind of shit, there's a lot of stuff you could overlook. But with yep. this many failures being racked up, um, it just shows you can't tolerate that. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers will get a lot longer leash than um, whoever the, the dude was down uh, with the Houston Texans last week. You know, because Aaron Rodgers wins games, the new rookie does not. Ryan Fitzpatrick will not get the same leash that Russell Wilson will. Yeah, and 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 that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, 
Yeah, I had a lot to say about that, but I think you summed it up really, really well. It's, yeah, I, I can tell you if I was God for a day, I'd clean the house. I'd just clean the house and I'd have, like you said, every two-star, one-star talk to me. Pers- every bird colonel talk to me personally. That's going to, that's looking that's at. That's like 4,000 colonels though. That's a, that's a I lot. Know, I know, but I, if I was a God for a day, I could do that. I could like suspend time. <laughs> Not the God, but a God. Yeah, no, 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 no. I've never played. I've never, never claimed to be the god. Just uh, one of his minions. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk a little bit because um, it's interesting. Me, we got, we got, we got a few things to get through, but uh, we, we're looking at good time here. Lockdowns uh, in our southern hemisphere, friends that we thought were studly. And I, I told you the story on a podcast, probably ten podcasts ago, about how I actually thought about going to live in New Zealand and changing my my uh, citizenship just because they have like red stags and a lot of these cool rocks and I could go around with a bow and arrow and live and not have to be under the administration that I was underneath at the time. Um, Australia and New Zealand have proved to be two of the biggest pussy ass, ridiculous socialist tyranny places. And that's what America's trying to go towards. It's like Trudeau up in Canada and, you know, that that douchebag in California, they're all the same person. It's a clone. It's an alien clone. It's a I would say artificial intelligence, but there's no intelligence. I'll just say artificial. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the total lockdown going down in Australia, New Zealand, shocking to me. Go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Well, I look the. I think I put on Facebook, most bitter pill for me to swallow during this entire uh, COVID pandemic has been how many people are willing to trade their freedom for the promise or illusion of safety. Uh, because, look, the, the whole mask thing, I keep getting into the mask thing. They're not effective, uh, especially if you're wearing a cloth mask or a bandana or something. Uh, if you're wearing, a, wearing an, N90, an N95 or KN95, I mean, an N95 or KN95, you know, maybe it's a little bit more effective, but, you know, putting a, a picture of Count Chocula on a mask across your face, you know, you're, you're not stopping anything, especially with Delta, because the viral load is so much higher. Um, but the, the mask gives people the, the illusion they're doing something. Um, the lockdowns, um, I'll get to it specifically down under in a second, but the lockdowns are worthless, especially now. Um, in my opinion, the lockdowns became worthless the first time somebody from Wuhan flew out of China on business. Um, as soon as I got on an airline and flew to Italy or flew to Los Angeles or to New York or London, the lockdowns became pointless at that point because now COVID cannot be contained. Uh, and COVID is endemic now. It's going to be around forever. Um, it's going to be around much like the flu until the end of time. Now, why is that important? Because Australia and New Zealand have tried to implement a zero COVID policy where they think they can get rid of the disease entirely. Right. Um, it, it's not realistic, especially in today's world, because it, let's say they get to zero COVID. Let's let's say New Zealand gets New Zealand has a couple of times shown zero COVID. OK, good for them for the amount of time they can keep it. Do they plan to never engage in international trade again? They plan to never let a tourist into their country again, Um, because once you open back up to the world, which is a reality of the modern day uh, business climate and the modern day trade climate, it's going to be right back in your country. This is going to have to be managed through a combination of vaccination, hospitalization, new treatments such as, uh, you know, monoclonal antibodies, 
uh, the convalescent plasma, those kinds of things is how you manage COVID nowadays. But locking people in their homes, you know, the, the Aussies, um, I thought were a little bit more wild than their British cousins. Uh, a large number of them have proven to be just as scared as everybody else because they're not just implementing the lockdowns. Large majorities of the Aussies and the New Zealanders support the lockdowns. They are willing to be locked in their homes and not go outside. Shit, the Australian health minister told they're told her citizens not to even talk to each other for fear of spreading the virus. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Insanity. Um, it's absolute yeah. insanity. Now, some of the Aussies are pushing back. There have been a few demonstrations recently. Uh, one of them where and it shows that the line is thin. The, the police were holding the line on this demonstration, thinking they were going to hold it back. And like 200 Aussies bum rushed the line and basically broke through it in about two seconds. Um, it, what it's going to take, and, and I don't know that the Aussies or the English or the Brazilians or the Indians or even us have the, have the intestinal fortitude for this, but the government's never going to let up on these lockdowns and these measures. What's going to happen is you're simply going to have to take it back and ignore it. And eventually the government will claim credit for removing the lockdowns, even though you weren't paying attention to it for three or four or five months. Yeah. No, that's always what happens. Whenever the government gives, it doesn't take anything away until it gets ignored. Yeah. And the, the Aussies, I mean, Melbourne is the most locked down city on the planet. I think they're up to around day 260 of their most recent lockdown. Um, and I, that's not bullshit. I mean, almost nine months. Yeah. Told, I, I know. I, I looked into this. I looked into this when you sent me that. Yep. Yep. Um, you can't even go outside to exercise. Uh, you know, God forbid you take your dog outside to piss. Uh, they're, they're actually implementing, I believe it's in Australia. Um, I believe it's in Victoria uh, and Melbourne, a, basically a, an app that checks on you. You know, you have to download this thing to your phone and the government can check, you know, basically call you up and you have 15 minutes to turn on your, your phone and have your GPS tracker prove that you're in your house. And it's it's insane. For those of you that thought there was no global conspiracy and and uh, that that there's a there's an elite that's trying to dictate the world what to do. Well, you know, this aligns really well with that conspiracy theory, doesn't it? This kind of stuff where every government is taking advantage of kind of a made up thing, too. I'm not saying the virus isn't real, but a virus is fairly non lethal and they're using this excuse to clamp down control. Huh. It's it's kind of, you know, the Rothschilds, the Gettys, the Queen, you know. I, I, I can't even convince people, you know, as much as I despise and detest Bill Maher, um, it was funny. Did you happen to see him on, uh, I think it was the uh, Jimmy Kimmel show? Yeah, I, actually, actually, I've, I've admired a lot of things Bill Maher has said recently, to be quite honest. Yeah, with because he... Because if, if I don't like a lot of the, the progressive stuff he says, but he's consistent about it. He he's actually believes it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's an old-fashioned respect, liberal. Yeah, I can respect that you stand up for your side, not just your tribe. And he, right. he said, you know, hey, how many, you know, what do liberals think if you get COVID, your chances of going to the hospital are? It's like 28% or, you know, 31%, something like that, thought that it was a 50% chance you're going to the hospital and another 25%. I uh, thought it was like a right. you know, twenty to forty percent chance. It's like no, it's one to five percent. Yeah, I can't convince. I can't get people to understand that this is not smallpox or the Black Death. I can't convince them that it's even polio. 
polio and measles both have higher mortality rates than COVID, especially for children. But everybody's all freaked out. And I can't convince people of it. It's dri- driven me insane. And it has. I've actually had more than one conversation with God where I have expressed my hatred for his species. <laughs> Not God himself. I mean, the species that he created, mankind. <laughs> you don't mean the angels and all that kind of thing. You just, yeah. No, I mean, when God created man, could he have at least given him some modicum of common sense and reasonableness? As opposed I know. To this we, I, I, I think we used to have that, but. It didn't get any better than it got with the ancient Greeks. I'm sorry. We just haven't progressed much from that philosophy. Still think that all that, that shit's all still true. Let's, uh, okay. Uh, we're going to move on. That's our last major topic. So we get three hot topics for us before we get okay. in the last part. So I'm going to introduce a hot topic. So I introduce it. I talk a little bit about that. You talk about it and I get to rebut you, but it has to be within a couple of minutes. All right. Okay. So I don't think I need to even say a lot about this. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not sure I could properly do this in a couple minutes. Um, for, see, I'm, I'm all over the place on this. First of all, um, if, if you're taking Nicki Minaj as, you know, an intelligent debate on your side, you know, that's not something you should do, but she does have a point about, your body, your choice when it comes to the vaccine. Um, now, I think some of her stuff was stupid, but she said, I knew somebody whose boyfriend, his balls swelled up when uh, he got the vaccine. I'm like, right. you know what else causes, causes your balls to swell? Herpes, you know, gonorrhea. We're not you know, jacking off enough, which I have. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. So Any, any number of STDs. That said, <laughs> when Joy Reid came out and said that, you know, Nicki Minaj needs to get with it. And then Nicki Minaj hit her back with, you're a racist. I mean, watching the left eat each other over this, this is also, you know, you can look, you can conflate this to the, the vaccine passports in New York City uh, that now have drawn the ire of BLM because of like 60% of New Yorkers who are not vaccinated are African-American or 60% of African-American New Yorkers are not vaccinated, something like that. Um, it's been comical watching Nicki Minaj become the voice for libertarianism. Um it's a back and forth where I love that she's giving the left a taste of its own medicine. At the same time, I'm not sure Nicki Minaj is the, is who I want as the face of the, uh, the pro freedom movement. So there it is. Yeah, no, I, I get you, but I, I will tell you this. She's been pretty consistent. Um, there was a little bit of a backpedal on one of her texts where she said, <clears throat> you know, I'm not trying to blah, 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 but she's come out pretty hard. And if she's a free thinker and uh, she has she she did say in one of her texts that it, I'd like to live in a world where where a black woman can say something a conservative says and not get shit for it. Oh, I agree with that. I like that. I like that. I, you know, it, it's time that the world wakes up and goes, you know, sense is sense. It has nothing to do with, you know, you you're you're your level of skin tone or anything else. It's sense is sense. So I from agree. that standpoint, listen, you know, big old white guys like you and me can say anything we want to all day long, but when people like her get on board with a message, that's when people start listening. So that's what I'm at. Yeah, well, it's, it's watching the, the cognitive dissonance on the left as some people's heads explode when Nicki Minaj <clears throat> takes the opposite approach. Right now, Right. What's what's pretty sad about this is let's suppose Donald Trump was still president. 
I guarantee you, Joy Reid would be talking about how Donald Trump was trying to poison people with the vaccine and she'd be all on Nicki Minaj's side. Of course. So of course. for folks like her, it's not about principle. It's about, you know, the side that it's about power. That's it's about power. It's about power. Yeah. All right. Next, next hot topic. Scratch that one off. Oh, goodness sakes. With this lack of accountability at the border and all the other stuff that we going on, got going on with the, with the Biden administration, we've let pedophiles and rapists from Afghanistan into the country. What a shocker. What do you have to say? Yeah, well, like I said, in Afghanistan, I know friends of mine who wanted to go and, uh, you know, put several bullets into the chest of some of these folks who who did this shit, quote unquote, in their culture, Um, because we all see that it's sexual violence, it's sexual rape. um, And they were all told you can't do anything about it. It's their culture. We're just here to work with them. And they get on United States soil. And they try to do the same shit they did over in Afghanistan. And finally, people are like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. And that it's about time. But the, the shock that's going to come, because I guarantee you, for every, for every schmuck that gets caught doing something like that, there's five or six others that didn't get caught. Let's hope that the victims and witnesses have the courage to come forward. I don't know that they will, but I hope they do. Um, I think this pedophile should get strung up by his balls. Um, and then you had the, uh, the wife beater. I mean, I get, I know that over in that culture, it's, it's considered okay to, to slap around your women. It's not considered okay in this culture. And, uh, he's going to get hemmed up too. And then you had, uh, another Afghan and another facility. I don't know if it was at Fort Bliss or not that tried to sexually assault, uh, another female soldier. Um, look that. We got to it. We do look those that work for us and put their lives on the line. We do owe them a chance. But once they do something like this, I drop them out of an airplane over Kabul and I might give them a parachute. Sure, sure. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think enough. I don't think anything else needs to be said. It's uh, just another example of the hypocritical uh, state that we live in with the Biden administration who supposedly is pro-feminist and pro-woman and pro-this and pro-that, but they've ignored an entire generation of people and uh, and 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 cast a check that America is not going to be able to write for many generations, in my opinion. Yeah, hey, Trust on us. A, on a real quick note, this is, it's only pseudo-related. This happened actually a couple weeks ago, and I thought this came out of the onion of the Babylon Bee, but it was true. It was actual an actual statement. The State Department came out and chastised the Taliban because there weren't enough women in their government. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yet, who, yeah, who thought they were going to start appointing women to positions of power? Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Last, last one on the three hot topics. Chris Como turns out to be a sexual aggressionist. Who would have thought? Maybe it's genetic. Yeah. You know, his, his brother... Right. Him. I think it's largely on the left too. It's like you think you can get away with stuff because you say I like penguins and I like to fill your penguins. You know, it's I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. What, what's up? What's up with CNN? First, you had Jack, you had Jeffrey Tubin jacking off on a <laughs> Zoom call with everybody, um, right. and then then you got Chris Cuomo going and grabbing the ass cheek. I believe it was of his boss, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I mean, <laughs> who who thinks that it's okay? To go up to your boss and start grabbing her ass cheeks. I, I just, 
I can't imagine the cojones of the sense of entitlement that that would have to exist in order for you to think that that's something you should be able to do. No. And, and I read that, I read that, I read a couple of different reports on it and he did it right in front of her husband who was sitting at a table. I'd have popped him right across the mouth. And then, and then she says, well, her and I husband left immediately. And I'd be like, wow, that's a pussy because I would have choked his ass out and stuffed my freaking underwear in his face. I would, I would, I'd have broken his nose and probably his neck if he had done that to my wife. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have been spending the night in, in, in the, uh, and I'd have proudly spent the night in jail. Yep. I've been fine with that. And I'm like, okay, but who has, you're married, you're my boss or you were my boss. And I think I can just kind of do this to you. I don't know. You know, you, you can float a thousand kind of things out there. Was there a flirtation there before? La 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 la. Well, who cares? Isn't who cares? Chris married? Isn't Chris married? Yes. Yes. Of course. See, this is what gets me. This kind of shit that I hear about from folks in positions of power. This is you know, maybe I'm just naive. This kind of stuff doesn't even cross my mind as right. doing something. No, God I, no. I don't, I, I don't get it. God no. And and please step forward if you have another story of me in my entire professional career where I did something like that, even remotely like that. Never happened. And, you know, and you and I taught together on a college campus where it was like, yeah. my God, it was an onslaught of lovely you know, attractive women and stuff like that, that, that were our, our students. Fuck no. Fuck no. One or two, it was rare. Let me be fair. It was rare, but there were one of two, one or two of them that would try to, to use that to gain favor. And you kind of have to play oblivious. Like you don't even know, you know, what they're, they're talking about, but yeah. It, oh, that was, that was rare with you. Yeah. It wasn't that rare. Okay. Well, it was either rare or it was just something I really wasn't. I'm, I'm quite good looking, so that that, that happened a lot. And I, I have often said you are a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I, I think, and under any circumstance, it's disgusting. I've never in my life thought that that was okay. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess men are different than, you know, those, those. Uh, patchouli smelling pussies that have pretended to be men for a while because they didn't have to do anything in their life. He's one of those. His brother is certainly one of those. And it's like, you're disgusting. You're a disgusting beast. I would never in my life, never in my life think about doing that. No, so. it, it makes no sense to me. I, I can't un- understand, understand it. Cause I can't even relate to, even if I was single and she was single, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Squeezing her butt. I mean, at a party. Yeah. How about, how about going? How about going, hey, I was going to go to see these penguins at the zoo tomorrow. Yeah. Want to get a cup of coffee? Right. How about some raisins? I like raisins. <laughs> I don't like raisins. Well, maybe that's All right. maybe he was thinking of raisins because that's what he's got on his foreskin or something. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Okay. So we're okay. So now cue in the uh, theme music that we don't have right now. I'll have to splice it in. But now we're going to do. 80s movies quotes. Oh, all right, Russ. So here I have, and those in the those in the background can play along. Did they hear me? Yes, I did. All right. All right. Yeah. So we're in a studio audience here with the two grumpy bastards podcast studio audience. We're high tech. We're that Um, popular. One cat, twenty chickens, one grumpy woman that I knew from high school. 
Uh, her husband's not here right now, so he's not grumpy. And three hounds. So that's what we have for our studio audience. All right. So I was going to do the actual quotes, Russ. I really was going to splice this together. It would only take me, you know, two, three hours. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Because, you know, we're still losing money on our podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> Go buy our shit, people. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put that out at the end. So I'm going to actually quote these things. And I would like you to not only name the movie, but I'd like you to come in with chipping distance of the year the movie came out. Okay. All right. All right. Good? We'll give a shot. All right. So uh, here's the first one. And some of these I'm going to do a really bad impression of. Okay. All right. But you have to get the movie name exactly. And you have to, you'll get credit for that. And then, um, and then uh, the year, just try to come up with and chip. And just- I like to think I'm a good 80s movies guru, but I have this bad feeling I'm going to get shown for not knowing shit. No, you'll be fine. I think, well, and oh, okay. I went from what I thought was easy to really hard. Of course you did. That's why I think I'm going to get shown up for not knowing shit. So, all right. Okay, here comes the first one. You ready for the quote? Yep. They drew first blood, not me. Gee, I wonder if that was Sylvester Stallone and Rambo in, I believe, 1980. No, it was, it was first blood, not Rambo. It was first blood. And I believe it was 1982. Oh my God, you nailed it. Yes. <laughs> I rock. Yes. You nailed both. All right. So that's five points for nailing it and five points for getting the year. All right. You are plus 10 right now. I can't get a big hit. I'm sure I'm going to miss the next three or four. Nah. Well, you might. The years are kind of weird on some of these. I, I didn't get the years on all these. But okay. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Well, that's Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing. And I think that's 1988. Oh, my God. You were within a year. 87. Oh, 87. Well, the reason I did not select 87 was I think 87 is also when Ferris Bueller's day. Uh, Ferris Bueller's they didn't uh, day compete against each other. came out. And I thought they were a year apart. All right. Good one. You're doing great, man. That that I thought, yeah, I didn't think you'd get the year on that one, but you did. And and by the way, our audience got 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 the movie definitely, but not so much the year. Uh, pa- Patrick Swayze shares my birthday. God, I we I, I, miss, Patrick day, Swayze. But... I miss Patrick Swayze, man. Say he, he doesn't share my birthday anymore because he's dead, but he was right. born on the same right. day. He doesn't share shit with you right now. All right. Okay, this one's a little bit obscure. Getting a little bit more obscure, but we'll see if you get it. Gizmo Kaka. Gremlins 1983. Holy shit. Five points and four points. 1984. Oh, God. I was so close. <laughs> Holy shit. Good job, man. I am, I am so impressed with that. That one. Gizmo Kaka. Yeah, okay. If, if if you hadn't said gizmo, I wouldn't have gotten it. No, I know. I, I, I actually remember that line, but the gizmo thing I knew would give it away. All right. So, so here Here's a bad impersonation, but I think we'll get this one too. Snakes. It would have to be snakes. 
Do that one again. Snakes. Oh, it would have to be snakes. Um, Kurt Russell escaped from New York, 1981. No, I threw you off with the Kurt Russell deal. I, I, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981. Oh, snakes. okay. It would have to be snakes. Oh, snakes. Why does it have to be snakes? Okay, I got it. I, I understand now. I get it. And all I, right. you know, oh, by the way, real, real quick. First of all, I finally showed my family that movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Um, I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've seen the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I had not until a couple of weeks ago actually seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I finally watched it and I started live blogging it because it was so bad. I'm glad I didn't see it back in the 80s because I never would have watched Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. At some point, we'll have to post my running commentary from it because I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, OK, I guess there's snakes inside of snakes for this meal. Hey, look, the prime minister is here. Where'd the elephants come from? I mean, it's just, you know, why is Indiana Jones groping that statue? Oh, look, now Kate Capshaw is groping the statue. 13-year-old right. me would have loved this movie. Right. No, that's awesome. All right, you ready for this one? Sure. Roads! Where we're going, we don't need roads! Oh, hang on, give me a second. Oh, uh, Doc Brown, Back to the Future, 1985. Perfect. You nailed it. Yep. That was a that was a bad Doc Brown, but I told you I'm going to be doing bad impersonations on all these stuff. But I recognized the quote, so that that made up for it. Yeah. Roads. All right. Where we're going, we don't need no. Is it where we're going, we don't need any roads. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. That's what he said. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. As he pulls that's the, actually, the actually professive passable. mirror visor down across his face. That's actually a passable Doc Brown right there. All right. This one's going to be much more obvious, but I don't think you're going to get the movie. You ready? Okay. Go ahead. Make my day. Um, Clint Eastwood. <sighs> Maximum Impact, 1980. Good try. A lot of people don't realize this was not part of the dirty hairy lexicon when he said that. It is sudden impact in 1983. Sudden impact. I knew I knew it was like something impact. Yeah, it wasn't it was, dirty. It wasn't the dirty hairy stuff. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, no, it was, the, the dirty hairy movie, the, the good one was well, did he fire five shots or did he fire six shots five or only six. five? Well, yeah. to be honest with you, and in people, all this confusion, I lost track myself. Being that this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off. You can ask yourself, do I feel lucky? Now, I, I know that a lot of people conflate the Dirty Harry movie with the go ahead and make my day, but I, the, but I do remember the quote was not part of that movie. I just couldn't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of funny. Everybody always associates that with that Dirty Harry, um, what uh, that Dirty Harry venue. Real quick. Yeah, real go quick, ahead. Just a, Side note trivia, I don't know if you know this. The in the original Dirty Harry movie, the, the psychopath, the bad guy, um, do you know what other major science fiction character he played? 
I don't. You ever watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine? I have. Eric, the Cardassian. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was the, the, the villain from the original Dirty Harry movie. And, and, and to go on an eddy current, I'm sure you'll be happy to hear this. I actually started watching Stargate 9 from season one on again. Okay, well, th- this will probably make you... Or, or Stargate, uh, Stargate, not Stargate 9, Stargate. Th- this SG-1. will probably send you into a fit of rage when I say it, but I have never seen Stargate. I've seen the movie, yeah. but not the TV series. Yeah, I I haven't I haven't either. So I just a buddy of mine said, no, it's really enjoyable. Just give it a shot. And it's eh, kind of cool. All right. Here's here's a here's a uh, here's a quote for you from a 1980 movie. I'm not going to try to do the voice because I don't know what it sounds like, but I do remember the quote. I'll have what she's having. Oh, that's the uh, woman in the diner uh, when Harry met Sally. And I believe yes. it was. 1986. Close, 1989. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was towards the end. That was with Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. That was the the infamous, uh, you know, any girl can fake an orgasm scene. Right, right. All right. So we'll see if you get this one. I don't think you will. I would put house money, you won't get at this. No wire hangers ever. Do that again. No wire hangers ever. Oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, the one with Nick Nolte. Uh, Beverly Hills. Nope. Okay. Then it's a biopic. I, I don't know. Tom Crawford called Mommy Dearest. Oh, okay. Nineteen eighty-one. Okay, I, I was thinking the uh, there's a movie with uh, Dabney Coleman and Nick Nolte and Bette Midler that's set in Beverly Hills where Dabney Coleman plays a guy who makes hangers uh, for a living. It's it's a comedy. You have to watch it. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Isn't that where um, – what's his face from Jaws? Richard Dreyfus is the husband? No, he, it's Dabney Coleman. Oh, okay. I guess I don't know which one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, you'd recognize it. But anyway, that's not the movie, so I'm just covering up the fact that I missed that. Okay, so here's another one from the 1980s. This one actually was an Academy Award winner. You ready? Sure. Give my daughter the shot! Give her the shot! No idea. Terms of Endearment. Oh, see, I never watched that because I'm not a pussy. <laughs> I didn't think you'd get that one. All right. All right. Here's one you may not get. These are supposed to be getting harder as we go. Okay. Until you do right by me, everything you even think about or going to do is going to fail. No idea. The color purple. Another one I never saw. 1983, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> that was Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> All right. So this last one, this is a softball because I know uh, you'll get this. It's a softball. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Field of Dreams, uh, 1989. 
You nailed it. Awesome. Good job. Good job. And it's supposed to be one of the only, during the utterance of that line, it's supposed to be one of the only acceptable times for a man to cry. Yeah. Well, any dog movie where a dog doesn't make it. Oh, that reminds me. I saw, I did, I did see a picture on the internet that I think you would have been bawling your eyes out on. Um, It got me a little choked up. It was a picture in a vet's office of a jar of Hershey's Kisses. Um, and it's for when dogs are about to get euthanized and it's, they're called goodbye kisses. It says, cause no dog should go to heaven without tasting chocolate. I just read that to you the other day. Right? Yep. Yep. I did. Uh, my friend Jen just read that to me the other day. Yep. That was a, that was a, one of those tearjerker moments. Yep. Yep. Well, I was expecting expect you to do stuff like, uh, you know, get into choppa. Um, or, uh, let's see. <laughs> Did you leave any? Did you leave anyone for us? Only bodies. I know. I, I didn't want to do any of the. I gave you a couple of obvious ones, but I thought it'd be more fun to do a little bit more. Uh, hey, I, I got to move. That, this reminds me. I, I may have mentioned this before. I don't know if I did. Um, I did tell this to some of the soldiers I was teaching when I was at the Command General Staff College. Some of the officers there. If you ever want the ultimate '80s movie, go look for the trailer for Jim Cotta. Yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked okay. about that. It's one of the grossest movies ever made. Yeah. Or Kurt, or just Kurt, Kurt Thomas doing karate on a pommel horse and knocking out ninjas. Yeah. Well, and then for some reason that that suddenly made me think about uh the saxophone scene in uh, The Lost Boys. <laughs> it's for the days. Yeah. Want to give guy, out. Guys is he's he's shirtless all greased up wearing the jeans just Taking that saxophone by one hand. I still believe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those, that was when, that was when, look, looking back, those movies were so bad. But at the time, you're like, oh, man, this is so deep. It is. Yeah, I totally get, like, the juxtaposition about, like, the rich Southern California kids versus the vampire outlaws. Like, and you know, that, that Corey Haim dude, he's going to be a big star when he grows up. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop recording here, buddy. Um, good pod and good. Hey, good job on the, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do nineties movies here and here in the next couple of weeks too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get those but doing that, but I think I thought I'd have more fun with those and do, uh, do the actual quotes from the movies. So yeah. I might have a chance then maybe we'll yes. see. Rather than I really bad impressions that I did, but hey, <laughs> it's all good. All right, man. Good to see you. All right, man. Out here.